This is an emergency, po- emergency podcast alert. I repeat, this is an emergency podcast alert. Attention, all wannabe superhero members. Attention, all wannabe superhero members. Shit is going down. Shit has gone down. Buckle up, strap in, and get ready for an hour of intense coverage. Now taking over to run what happened in this league. Commissioner Nick Weir. Wow, that was our most formal introduction ever, and it was for the surprise you know, emergency podcast. I love it, Dan. We we have to have this. Shit has gone absolutely fucking nuclear in this league. Things have been blown up. There's war being raged to to try and contend in divisions. Mm-hmm. We are in full-blown fucking anarchy. It's battle mode. And this, so we're a tripod still, but not, you know, what we usually have. I'm joined by Dan and Zane, the man of the hour. Let's start with you, Zane. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, we we had to have you. I mean, you sp- you dropped the bomb and started all this. So it, it's only fitting that we get um, the perspective from, you know, the method of the madness from the man himself. Um, and let's just jump into it. I mean, to walk us through the last, like, 72 hours. What was going through your mind? Was this always the plan, like, the entire offseason? Um, and if not, like, what kind of spurred or changed your mind? Um, you know, what... Like, kind of lay it down, uh, give as much detail as you're comfortable with. And, you know, I know people would love to hear it. Yeah, so it's uh, to be good for a long time in dynasties, hard. Uh, you know, as players age out, you have to get super lucky in the draft or super lucky in trades to to stay good for a long time. And I had taken a couple shots the last few years uh, trading for people like trading with Mickey last year um, to get. Who fucking was Gabe Davis and, and Clyde Edwards? right. Yeah. Which I don't know. I, I flipped Gabe during the season and got Devontae Adams back, which like made that fine. But have to get lucky to make it work. And so I w- I had been aging out um, for the last couple of years, and it was getting pretty obvious that I was going to have to do something. Uh, but the way that I think of it um, is, you know, in our league and our league's probably maybe the best example because we have such wild extremes, but we've got people that are looking for the future that are more dynasty focused. We've got people that are looking for, you know, the short term that are more focused on, you know, being contenders and mm-hmm. conveniently in fantasy rankings, we have dynasty rankings and we have redraft rankings. Yeah. And so I looked at my team last off season, this off season, and I had players that, were drastically higher ranked in redraft rankings than they were in dynasty rankings. And that's not a good sign as it progresses because it means you're, um, you're getting old very quickly. Typically Um, the only way I was able to make really anything work is that the people that I had uh, many of them were, I, I don't know, there's some kind of, magic line maybe it's like top 30 top 20 Mm -hmm. in redraft rankings where if you have people above that level then people will still buy like other teams will still buy them if they're if they're contenders and so people that i traded this week right devonta adams tyree kill saquon pollard they're all highly ranked enough just barely for some of them that there was interest but if they fall below that line then it's you know now you're holding the bag 
Exactly. You're, exa- you're forever. You're holding the bag because nobody wants them. So yeah. I looked at my team. I realized I was, um, I was probably a year away from being totally fucked for, you know, the, you know, half a decade. And so I thought, well, yeah. now's the best chance to do this. And if I'm going to do it conveniently, there's five people in the division that also want to, you know, all think they can compete and all have halfway decent teams. And so I just needed one of you to, uh, you know, be the, um, you know, the snowflake that started the avalanche. Uh, and whichever one of you started it, I assumed it would then quickly turn into like total FOMO, where mm-hmm. uh, one person would, you know, jump somebody else because I could, you know, uh, at one point I was, uh, you know, I'll out Sam and Nick and say, you know, I was telling Nick that he better do something. Otherwise, Sam's going to get Tyreek. And I was telling Sam that he better do something. <laughs> otherwise, Nick's going to get Tyreek. And, um, and so that uh, apologies to every single person in our league, because I was <laughs> insufferable this past few days, uh, telling people what they should be doing. But yeah, it worked out. Uh, certainly not the same team it was six days ago, but or even three days ago. But uh, no, I, I think it was necessary. Team. Yeah, when I look at your team, I think is Love the only starter that you still have in your lineup from seven days ago, four days ago? Yeah, I think I traded like 13 guys that were probably like my, you know, most of the players. Because I didn't have very, I don't believe in depth. No. So I really only had maybe 14 guys that could play, and I think I traded 13 of them. <laughs> yeah, that's for damn sure. Okay, well, I mean, so we'll go through everything, but long, or you know, short short TDL, TLDR. Are you happy with where your team's sitting at this point? Uh, I mean, happy enough. Okay. Um, I, you know, I think there's, yeah, I I was trying to get, uh, you know, the inverse of what I just had, right? I had players who were, you know, way higher ranked in redraft than dynasty. And I was trying to go the opposite. I was trying to get players or picks. And the players I did get, I wanted that it to be basically wide receivers mm-hmm. who were much higher ranked in Dynasty than they were in redraft. And that had, I don't know, you know, 24, 25 years or younger. Um, and so I think I did that as well as I could have. Yeah, betting on guys that in theory should be ascending. Um, right. Exactly. You know, a year or two from now, they might be um, much better players and, you know, able to justify that high dynasty rank and have yep. it carry over in a redraft perspective. All right, well, let's jump into the first trade. And I was your snowflake and it was you an were. honor. <laughs> I was your snowflake. You and I got together on a deal. And in this deal, I received Lamar Jackson, Tony Pollard, Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham Jr., and in return, you received Kyle Murray, T. Higgins, uh, Michael Mayer, Javante Williams, and Delvin Cook. Dan, since you're like the complete unbiased party, what was your reaction when you saw this trade go down? I mean, this was huge. This this caused chaos to to everything. I mean, Zane Zane hit it right. Like, I mean, no pun intended, but Nick, you're a snowflake at this point in time. And I think this is – I really love this for you, Zane. I really think this is a – great opportunity to rebuild into youth to your future to everything there um 
Dalvin Cook's going to be an interesting piece. Obviously, one year with the Jets, and then where are we going to see him go? Murray's injured, so you help shed points a little bit there. Higgins, Williams, and Mayer are three young core pieces to help build around, and that's – I really like – I mean, Higgins, obviously, dynamic offense. Javonta Williams, we're going to see what he can do again in the in the Denver offense. And Mayer, obviously, is a rookie um, in a tight end team, brand-new quarterback, so we're going to see kind of how he plays in there. But, Nick, from your perspective, this is absolutely a win-now move. You get OBJ. You get Devontae, who arguably is wide receiver one, some could argue. Uh, I mean, you got to fight with Jay Jeff and Jamar, but he's in that discussion. Lamar Jackson obviously upgrades you off of a Kyler Murray, who is coming off of an injury. And you get RB1 and Tony Pollard, who is only just 26. Um, the only thing that doesn't make fucking sense in this in this deal is $2 in fab each. But I'm sure you guys might have had an inside joke for that, um, which I would be very curious to say. But, I mean, big picture, I like this more for you, Zane. Let's pivot over to you, Zane. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, you and I lived at Nick. It, I, I was trying to get. I, I didn't. We went back and forth hard and heavy. Yeah, we did, and I wanted either first or I wanted Gibbs, and you weren't weren't parting with either one. And Gibbs is somebody that my Ross like. At that point in time, I didn't know what was going to come, and this was one where after this trade, I'm not totally failing on the season per se Mm -hmm. i'm still uh, you know it's still possible that i i you know pull off some trades and 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 don't totally rebuild but um i've you know in hindsight i'm glad i didn't get gibbs because i think a running back you know when i'm two years away from competing is unnecessary so for sure uh, it was not exactly what i wanted but again i just needed a trade to happen and um this was it. And so this then, because I, the rest, there was probably three or four other people who were basically balking on the run of things happening. And then once the first trade happened, uh, it was just a frenzy. Uh, I think I was literally sitting at my phone for the next like two or three hours (laughs) as things were kind of flying around. Well, yeah. And from my perspective, I mean, so I've, always been a big believer in quarterbacks and I do believe in Kyler Murray, but the injury and just that whole Arizona Cardinals dynamic does scare me a smidge. Um, And Lamar Jackson on the flip side, I'm all in on this year. I think like this Todd Munkin offense um, is, I think they're just set to really boon. Um, So getting like a quarterback that I think is slightly better um, in Lamar when all things are equal and they're healthy, I think is awesome. And then Tony Pollard and Devontae Adams, I think are, you know, yes, they're win now pieces, but Pollard is someone that doesn't have like a ton of, you know, quote unquote, wear on the tires, um, being the backup for Zeke and kind of utilizing that high touch, you know, efficient touch situation. So I think he might not be a, a normal 26 year old running back. And Devontae Adams, I just look at as someone who's like a route running technician, you know, guy that could, you know, knock on wood, you know, carry this elite production for maybe another three years. So I do understand from your perspective, Zane, I think these guys are um, players that are pretty close to being volatile, but I'm uh, maybe double down and being crazy, expecting them to, you know, kind of be, you know, the Mike Evans, who we'll talk about shortly, like guys that are prohibitively undervalued, Mm -hmm. but just continue to exceed like that expectations. So it's a risky bet, but one that I was comfortable taking. I think it's interesting, too, that you buy into this Baltimore offense. Lamar and Mark Andrews, and then you had OBJ. 
I mean, those are three of probably the most vital, important pieces on that roster that you're buying into. So you're almost at the point in time where as the Ravens go, your squad goes. And my question for you is, do you get nervous buying that many pieces into an offense that should shit not work out your entire plan flaws? I mean, sure. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, I don't really view as like a super duper vital piece. Um, To be honest, I mean, just being transparent and Zane's on here, he was very much a throw in for this deal. Um, I think he definitely could be an interesting bi-week injury type fill-in, but expectations are pretty low from my perspective. So it comes down to Lamar and Mark Andrews. And I mean, Andrews is a stud. Lamar is a stud. Like, it doesn't matter if I have them both together or not. Like, if your team doesn't have them together, like, or if, if they get injured, like, your team's probably screwed regardless. So I just happen to have both of them on my team. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Zane, anything else from your perspective just on this trade or just maybe the build up to starting this before we move on to the second one? No, not really. I mean, I think Lamar's destined to be uh, maybe even a better version of what we've seen. And uh, I'm not a Kyler truther. I, you know, Kyler wasn't the the thing that got that deal done. It was just, um, you know, resetting kind of everything. Them. Yeah, yeah. Resetting everything. That makes sense. All right, well, let's jump into the second trade. And you're back on the clock saying you and the other Nick, Nick Ruth, got together for a deal. Uh, Nick received Saquon Barkley. Uh, Mike Evans, uh, a 2025 second round draft pick that is yours, Zane. And in return, Zane, you received Drake London and a 2025 first that is Stephens. Uh, Dan, we'll just start with you again. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw this one go down? Um, I thought this was, a, I thought this overall was a good trade as well. Um, getting the first in London, again, you, you get additional youth. You're going to get a late first round draft pick, albeit two years out. But as you can, as we see how you progress well, off the first trade, first, right? It's Stefan's first, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that should, should still be late. I'll give Stefan credit, especially okay. with hashtag what might come. Fair. I'm um, gonna be pissed if that pick is late, Dan. I'm not speaking into <laughs> existence, but I'm just saying, saying, hey, here we go. Um, but for Ruth getting Evans and Barkley, I mean, this almost makes makes Ruth the concrete team to beat, and. Uh, I mean, Nick's roster adding these two pieces, which solidify already one that he's put depth into mm-hmm. is huge for Nick. So I'll give, I, I think it's a win-win for both parties. Um, London was wide receiver 31 coming out of last year. Um, we'll see what Desmond Ritter provides to this offense and London's going to go as Ritter goes. Evans is going to get his Barkley's going to get his and losing the first, but getting the second back in that same year. Um, I like it for both sides. Yeah, I'll jump in before you share your thoughts, Zane. I mean, Nick's team obviously got better. Um, Zane, you obviously got the rebuilding pieces. From Nick's side, I just, it just feels like overkill. Like, obviously his team's better, but, like, he's already got, like, a lot of, like, high-end running backs. You know, he's he's got high-end wide receivers. Now, I know Cooper Cup has this kind of mysterious, maybe hamstring thing. But, I mean, like, the guys that Saquon and Mike Evans are replacing are what Debo Samuel um Kyle Pitts you know Kenneth Walker like it's not like these are massive upgrades um so then the fact that you're moving like a first which even though you're getting Zane's back I mean we see how much of a difference you know five picks in the draft can be you know if worst case you know Stefan's pick is late and Zane's picks early like that could be a huge difference and Drake London like 
I, you talk about like Zane, your vision for buying players that are underappreciated and could be, right. you know, ascending. I think London's going to be the best player in this deal a year from now. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to trade like a Saquon Barkley for London straight up just because how the market views running backs and where I think Drake London could be. So I, I, I don't think it's, you know, an insulting trade for either party. I think it makes complete sense. But for Nick, I just, I think it was maybe a little bit of a greedy trade. So his team's definitely better, but I don't love it. For Zane, I think this was a borderline home run. Zane, yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, this was one where I was, I was, uh, I was, I was convincing Nick that uh, that Sam was about to get Saquon. So I think he was doing it as much um, to play defense, quite frankly, <laughs> as he was to, to play offense. And I mean, to to his credit, uh, I think he's right. Like. A, you never know who's going to get hurt or how they're going to, you know, the season's going to go. But yeah, when you have a window and Nick's got a, especially, you know, he's not that old anywhere. And uh, he's got pits to come in for Kelsey when, if and when Kelsey goes, he's got a three or four year window where with the roster, like adding Saquon, uh, bye weeks are taken care of. Injuries are mostly taken care of. He should be the favorite in the next three or four seasons yeah. you don't get that very often and so giving up the potential for london giving up the pick to have like that kind of three or four year window is i don't know it, it that does not come along very often so i am uh it, it, he, i don't think it was hard to convince him um of it because he knows that his team is extraordinary um and and will be for for many years uh, on my side, I guess was real quick, just like you said, Nick, right? I, I, I've made Stefan better uh, actually twice uh, throughout <laughs> the rest of the trades. But um, I, his pick could be, you know, his, his roster's, uh, you know, on a balance beam of, uh, you know, over the cliff of, of, of age of despair. So if, if he goes, his roster could be real. Um, you know, real tough, even by 25. So I kind of took the took the risk that that 25 pick was going to be higher than it was. Dan, anything else you want to chime in with? I mean, as we're going to see coming up here, Stefan finds a way to continue to be competitive year in and year out. But I, I agree with saying, at what point in time does that stop? At what point in time do you officially run out of assets to acquire to just have to begin to be forced into selling? And, um, I mean, like I said, I, I, I mean, I like it for both sides with this, yeah. but, um, I mean, coming up here as we'll talk about in the next trade, we add another team here that makes a move to become better and in turn helps Zane get additional pieces to build into his team's philosophy. Yeah. Well, let's jump into that one. Stefan and Zane got together for a deal and Stefan received Dallas Goddard. Uh, tied in for the Eagles, and David Montgomery, running back for the Lions. In return, Zane receives Jamison Williams, wide receiver for the Lions. A 2026, I believe the first one traded, uh, that is Stephens. And then Dontavian Wicks, running or wide receiver for the Packers. I think he's a rookie. Um, Dan, what are your thoughts on this one? So I will confirm that he is a rookie. So again, Zane continues to get younger in the position piece. The Wicks is going to be a big flyer, and as Zane has basically bought the entire Packers wide receiver room 
at this point in time. Um, well, sorry, hashtag yeah. foreshadow. Yep. Um, this is just a start there. Jameson Williams coming on suspension. Um, I obviously moved on from him to acquire pieces from Stefan. So we see the additional depth being built and the hope that these guys hit. I think wide receiver is probably the easiest position or the most likely position that you can take a flyer on and potentially hit. Um, I think that's a, a big winner, which gives Wicks a lot of balance. For Stefan, I mean, Goddard's going to start. This is a – I think it's – I would call it an upgrade. I mean, obviously, he's got tight end from Denver and the tight end from New Orleans sitting on yep. his roster. So this is just potentially flyer points. I think Goddard's the easy starter. But, I, I mean, don't write out Dolchik or or the other guy from it. And obviously, Monty's a, a fill-in starter, but how short is his leech with Gibbs on the roster? So, I, give and take. I think, Zane, this is a big play for you as well. Stefan plays for win now. Zane plays for win for the future. Yeah, I mean, for me, this is this is the one... I don't know. I guess it depends on how you beat Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard. I think he's probably like tight end seven, eight, something like that. Um, he's not he twelve last year for the record. Yeah, but I'm saying from a dynasty perspective, oh, I know no, I'm he just missed, like he missed like five games last year. Um, when he's on the field, he's pretty damn good. Um, but he's not going to be a Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews type. He's kind of clearly a step below that. Um, but you know, he's 28, which tight ends is a little bit younger. Uh, Montgomery's interesting. Um, I mean, this trade's a little conf- I, I don't want to say confusing. Confusing a little bit from Stefan. I guess he just got tired of sitting around and wanted to go for it. Um, it's not a super steep price to play, I guess. I mean, Jamison Williams is just a wild card. Like, I have no idea how to view this guy at this point. Um, did nothing his rookie year besides catch that one long touchdown pass. And then is going to miss, what, the first games? six games of the year. Um, so I don't know, like he's, you know, he was a wide receiver taken in a super stacked draft class. So that's got to mean that he's pretty talented. Uh, the second super far out, but it's nice to get it. I mean, Montgomery is declining asset. Goddard, I think is a piece that is worth something. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have strong opinions on this one. Zane, why don't you jump in? Yeah. I, I, selling Goddard at this point was, you know, going to happen. Um, Goddard, there was probably one or two other teams that had even, uh, and I had asked, that even thought about it. Um, so I thought getting something for him uh, was going to be helpful. That second in 26, which is a long time from now, but uh, is probably going to be the 13th pick. So it's, you know, that kind almost, of, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, there's no Stephen knows like his roster by in three years is is probably in pretty bad shape. So um, I, I yes. tried like hell to get his first in 26, and he correctly um, you know fought me <laughs> off. Oh, fuck yourself, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> uh, but Jamison Williams, I don't I don't know a ton about Jamison Williams. I know um, there are people He's good that in gambling. He, he dabbles in injuries. Right. There's people <laughs> that think he is as talented as uh like skill athleticism wise as Devonta Smith um coming from Alabama and so he may be a total fuck up but you'll you'll actually see this littered through all the trades I did there's probably 
I don't know, six of the guys I drafted in the last, or I traded for in the last two months that could be out of the league in two years or could be, you know, top 30, 40 uh, dynasty ranked players. So I'm not expecting that all of them hit, uh, but Jameson Williams is someone where he was coming, what, off an ACL from college, and so he only played very sparingly at the end of last year. And, you know, his value is drastically lower. Big time. um, Just because of these, you know, random things that have kind of happened. Now, part of it's his fault, but part of it's not. And so that's somebody that, again, same as what you said about London, Nick, where six weeks from now, he could be like wildly uh, worth more than anybody else in that. Yeah, it doesn't take much for these young guys, particularly wide receivers, to skyrocket upwards. And to your point with Jamison Williams, like he did nothing last year and he still maintained like I think he was going in the fifth and sixth round of startups. It really was until this, you know, recent gambling suspension that people are like, oh, shit, this guy just might be an idiot that people really started to back off on him. But, you know, you get a lot of benefit of the doubt. And then if you just see a smidge of stuff like it's just, you know, to the moon for some of these guys. He's a less scary version he of missed, Henry Ruggs. Didn't he miss 13 weeks? Like he missed, he only played in two games last year. Yep. Yeah, he didn't um, He didn't play in many. No. Yeah, it was, I think, oh, shit, I don't know how many games he played in. But he, uh, yeah, so who knows? Probably, I mean, again, there's going to be a bunch of guys here that are flyers, but, and maybe more just my mantra. And, and we talked about this a little bit, Nick, maybe whenever it all blends together today or yesterday. Um. <laughs> I am much more a believer in uh, give me the player as the risk and not the pick as the risk. And so like Kevin Ruth has been telling me for the last few days, like, oh man, you got to have like these random second round, third round picks thrown into these trades. Like, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't give a shit about second round picks or third (laughs) round picks and certainly not fourth round picks. Like there is a one in 12 chance that I'm going to get somebody in, the third or fourth round. I like, it's just not worth my time that like, give me Jamison Williams. Yeah. He may, might be a fuck up. Yeah. He might be super talented. Maybe he's out of the league in two years, but at least like, I know what I'm getting versus if I risk it and get a late first round pick. And then it ends up, you know, I don't know. I, I'm much more of a believer in, um, I want to see the player. And then if it's a risk, I can kind of understand and value. I'd, I'd take that over the pick. Yeah, well, with a pick, like, it's almost like it's a mystery box, right? And it's nice in the sense that the value, you know the value is going to appreciate until the draft. But then the draft happens, and you have to make, like, the really tough call. Like, do you pick it? Do you trade it? If you can't trade it, you got to pick someone. So now, like, maybe there's no one good there. Like, there is, I don't want to say there's a lot of risk because you have much more flexibility to build up. But it's not necessarily a fun process. Well, do you remember that there's a family guy joke? Um, I know where the main character uh, like wins a raffle or something and the person is like hey you know Peter you've won a boat or we've got this mystery box over here and Peter's like (laughs) oh shit this you know this is a boat but this mystery box could be anything it could be a boat (laughs) and so he picks the mystery box and it's like a you know a bowl of soup or something yeah, no, I mean, that's what draft picks definitely are. And I mean, I think they require a lot more finesse. Um, 
you know, with a player, you're right. It's much more cut and dry. You know what Jamison Williams is. He was a wide receiver drafted in, you know, early in the first round. He was drafted in like the middle of rookie drafts. Um, he's got tantalizing upside and, you know, you can roll with that. Um, but yeah, he's very interesting first two years from him. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, Dan, anything else in this trade before we move on? So according to at least a stat chart, he played in six games, saw very little snap count. He scored 15.1 fantasy points. He scored four fantasy points against the Bears without logging a catch reception or anything like that. So I'm not 100% sure how that even works because it wasn't even rushing yards. Or it might have been rushing yards. Um, but yeah, Williams is a flyer, and I agree. I think the the mystery draft pick mm-hmm. is, is an interesting piece. And sometimes you hit home runs, but you're right. Sometimes you open a fucking bowl of soup. And... Anytime you trade an asset for a draft pick, you trade for an unknown. And while the unknown is attractive for those of us that have sports memorabilia gambling problems, um, buying a spot doesn't guarantee the fact that you're going to hit. For sure. But let's also make things clear. Jameson Williams has not hit. He's basically a draft pick. A first round draft pick. At the moment, he hasn't hit. Correct. Yeah, but he was the third pick in that draft behind Garrett Wilson and Olave, right? So fourth, London went ahead of all of them. Uh, did he? I thought. Well, maybe. Yeah, I ended up with but... I ended up with Williams as the fourth place Constellation Beauty Prize. Okay, yeah. Well, I I just mean. Uh, but still, like he, he was, was very. The, he was the twelfth pick in that draft. He yes, was the third was. wide receiver taken in that draft. Fourth, London still went ahead of him. It went yep. London like eighth. And then 10th, 11, 12 was oh, Olave. Olave Wilson. Okay. Yeah. yeah but still, but that was a stack draft. And then you also had right. Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson went in early in the second, um, a few other guys, like very deep wide receiver class. Um, all right, let's move on. Speaking uh, Zing- of Christian Watson. Well, you're going to agree Not yet. Actually, not yet. You, you, you oh, took a break right. for these next two trades. Okay. Um, yeah, time I'm back at it, though, and I'm with Armand on this deal. And in this deal, I received um, Kelvin Ridley. And in return, Armand received Darren Waller, Raheem Mostart, and Tank Dell. Uh, Dan, let's start with you. Let's keep it rolling. What are your thoughts I on this? fucking love this trade for you, dude. I think I Calvin really is going to be an absolute fucking stud with T-Law. And you get a – he's coming off of gambling problems, mental health problems. If he's got his shit together – this kid is fucking talented as fuck. And you trade away a 30-year-old tight end, a 31-year-old running back, and a guy that I've never fucking heard of who might not see the field this year. He's a rookie, but I, I, I mean, I know diddly worth a shit about Tank Dell, other than he's got a hamstring and back injury that he's battling. Calvin Ridley's a fucking stud. Um... I, I get a tight end piece to it, running back that may or may not compete with um, – he should be the guy, but Ahmed Nockney is waiting in the wings. I love getting fucking Ridley here. I think this is a big dub for you. I think this makes your roster that much more competitive. I Obviously, Armand gets some pieces that are going to help contribute to his ability to score points, but uh, Armand's roster for me is just a fucking – I don't I don't know if I have a good word for it. Well let's let's not go too in depth on in the roster. Um we'll I, talk I about Armand's next trade before we move on. Yeah, th- this trade for you I think is a big dub. 
Okay. Uh, Zane, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, so I think Armand and I had talked before this about other potential um, players that may or may not be moving in different directions over the coming days. And so it makes more sense in, in that context. Yeah, um, agreed. But uh, it depends if you, I don't know, believe in Calvin Ridley, if you believe in, um, you know, it, it, Armand knowing he was going to get other players, adding Waller, who could be a baller, right? Um, yeah, I mean, could be good. Uh, I think it could like be really good. Be, yeah. Right. And I don't, I will disagree with, I don't know what words you just used, Dan, to describe Calvin Ridley, but I will, he is not like, you don't, you don't God's think he's going to be an world. absolute stud. You don't think he's going to be a no. stud with T Law. He plays for the Jaguars. Like, uh, I the Jag- when has anybody I, on the Jaguars been good the last 15 years? I, the Jaguars <laughs> have made the playoffs in the last 15 years. Why? Well, but can you name a dynasty player or a fantasy football player from the Jaguars? I Justin Blackman. No, Mark no, Brunel, Justin yeah, Blackman. No. No, who's the one? Who's the one running back out there? The one, like literally one. I I, think was pretty damn good last year. Kirk and he feast. I think I so Kirk versus versus him. I mean, I I, this is an upgrade for Christian Kirk. This is an upgrade from Christian Kirk. I think. Do you disagree with me? Calvin Ridley is not an upgrade from Christian Kirk. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, really? I live an hour and a half from Jacksonville. I don't know enough about the Jaguars. Wow. To have a conversation <laughs> about the Jaguars. I'll believe I, the Jaguars are good when, when I see it. And until then, I'm not rostering somebody on the Jaguars. I, I'm going to get like, my drink and fuck. I get hyped drink. up from Dan and then I get cold water from Zane. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, like I think that. you did fine. Like that's, that's, you didn't need, four tight ends or whatever you had. Yeah. I think you did fine. Like Ridley might start for you and is going to be acceptable. I just don't think he's going to be again, whatever Dan said. Of okay. So, all right. So <laughs> let's, let's put this over here. Let's, let's start here. Calvin Ridley over under a top 20 wide receiver finish this year. No, no top 32. I, I don't know. I, I'd have to look at a, did, I don't know. What, the top did you do less homework than I did for this fucking podcast? I asked him to be on the podcast like three hours ago. Oh, so you he 100% did less fucking. So I've got this a redraft rankings here. Yeah. Where is top 32? Pickens is 33. Do I think Pickens is going to finish in front of him? Yeah. No, absolutely not. What? No. I feel like I there's think, a. I think I think a, Ridley has a better season than, of, than George Pickens does. I mean, I'm pretty sure Ridley's wow. ahead of 32 on those whatever rankings. But he is. He's 18. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think from my perspective, I think you hit the nail on the head, Zane. Um, I, I have too many tight ends. I think Waller is someone that I expect to have be really awesome with the Giants. But at least, you know, truth be told, from my side of things, he's been banged up the last couple of years and left a few games early, and it's been a little frustrating owning him. Um, also been kind of difficult to sell, um, which was a little surprising through the last two years for me. Um, Mostert, another guy, I think he's just hard to sell, but he does have immediate short-term value um, with uh, the Dolphins not adding any running backs via trade or free agency. Um, And Armand knows more about the Dolphins than any of us, right? Yeah, and Jeff Wilson's on IR. 
So, I mean, I think short term, like most starts going to be borderline, like really, really good. Um, and Tank Dell, I mean, he's a, you know, kind of a dart throw third round, you know, wide receiver. Um, but, you know, there's really no one else on the Texans. So who knows? Um, I'm not quite as hyped as Dan is about Ridley, but I'm not quite as negative on Ridley as Dan <laughs> is. Not, so like, so like, I, I'm hope, I'm like I hope I'm right. I'm negative about his situation. He might be okay. a great player, but. All right. Well, I like his situation. I think Trevor Lawrence is a top 15 QB this year, borderline top 10. <laughs> he better be top. Like last year he was like seven or eight for fantasy. I'm just saying, which makes fucking Ridley that much more effective. I don't care that fucking Kirk's there. I don't I think Kirk takes a step back because Ridley shows up. Dan, inject this into my veins. That's right. All right. Let's move forward. Uh Zane, again, you're on the sidelines. Kevin and Chris got together on a deal. Uh a little tight end swap. In this deal, Kevin received Jake Ferguson, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys along with a 2024 third-round draft pick that is Chris's. And in return, Chris received Chigman Okwankwo, tight end. Yeah, good fucking this, one there. <laughs> for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Dan, just keep it rolling. What are your thoughts on this one? Kevin wins his trade. In a position-for-a-position position flop for guys that are same experience, a year different, on a better passing team than what the Tennessee Titans are. I'll take the fact that Ferguson might lose his job to the rookie that they just <laughs> drafted in shoe and maker, uh-huh. but it's a position for position swap. So you obviously, each guy must've viewed the, the other guy better than what they had. And to the point in time where Chris said, here, take a third in addition to that. I, I think Kevin wins this one silly easy. Well, I don't know if I'd say it as decisively as that. Um, I think I'd rather have Oconquo straight up. Um, but if you're going to throw in a third, like, I think it's a pretty fair swap. I think Chris uh, has a pretty big tight end hole on his roster. Um, I don't know if Oconquo is going to be the answer, but it's a cheap option to play to fill out your starting lineup with a young guy that could maybe develop. Um, he's got a young team overall. Um, maybe it works out. You know, maybe a year from now he has to draft Brock Bowers or some other tight end. Um, or trade for a better one, but I don't hate it from Kevin. I mean, you, you get your homeboy in Turd Ferguson and you get a third round draft pick. I think it's a win-win. Zane, any thoughts from you? I've never heard of either of those players. Okay. So, you know, but it's, it's a third round pick, right? And I third round pick matters zero. And Chris is a Tennessee fan. And so he knows more about. Oh, is he really a Tennessee? O- Ocon- Oconquo. He knows more about that guy. So I'll take Chris's side um, by a landslide. <laughs> Are you using my words against me? <laughs> you like we invite you on here as a courtesy for fucking shit, and you begin to mock me. No wonder you don't listen to the fucking podcast every week. You must think I'm a fucking hillbilly. Well, it, it, words, it or, dege- yeah. or degenerate. Let's go with degenerate. And, That's probably and Chris and I come up and uh, and hang out with you in Milwaukee. Oh, I know that was love. a ton of fun. I had a fun. Oh, dude, that was a fucking great time. I look forward to the next time. Chris, you better get your ass up here. Figure your shit out. All right. Zane, you're back on the clock. Zane and Jer got together on a deal. And in this one, Zane received Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Malik Willis, a 2026 second-round draft pick that is Jerry's. And in return, Jerry receives Aaron Rodgers, Dalvin Cook, and a third-round draft pick 
from Zane. Dan, what are your thoughts on this one? All right, so this is where I alluded to that Zane owns the entire Green Bay wide receiver room. I mean, obviously, Dobbs and Watson coming over. Watson, I think, is the big piece here. Is the Jordan Love is going to be a very, very interesting piece here. He's learned from Aaron Rodgers for a bunch of years. How is he going to perform when it really comes down to being under the under the lights on Sunday? Does he if he balls out, Dobbs or Watson or the other ass hat that fucking got drafted in Green Bay? Fucking yeah, that guy was just a throw in, by the way, Wicks. That's That's who. uh, That's who he was going to drop. So I don't even. I don't know who that player is. Okay, so perfect. So it really didn't fucking matter. Willis is going to be competing for just being a part of the Tennessee QB room. Obviously, Levis is there that they drafted in the second round. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's a big question mark. Jerry gets win now players. Aaron Rodgers. We don't know how much time he has left here. Dalvin Cook is a one-year guy, and is he going to get a big deal from somewhere else? Obviously, with Brees Hall being in the backfield, please, dear God, let Brees Hall be okay. Um, Jerry's playing a bit of a cliffhanger here. Where's Dalvin Cook going to go at the end of this year? How much longer does he have for Aaron Rodgers? This is a big win for Zane because he sheds age. He gets – Dalvin Cook obviously is 28, but running backs, as we've seen, want to be paid more than they're worth. I really like this for you, Zane. I think getting Watson here is the big piece, getting the second. Dobbs, obviously, is going to be a contender here, and you have the option to figure out which guy Jordan Love is going to stack with. The I don't think Malik Willis is going to be a thing. He didn't look good in the couple games that he played last year. Um, what do you know? I'm sorry. I'm clicking buttons and pulling things up. Um, just not great. Not not great. 100% of the snaps, he went ten for 50, or 6 for 10 for 55 yards and 5 for 16 for 80 yards. Great rushing attack capabilities, but I don't know. I, yeah. I think Watson's the big piece here that, for at least Zane, at least I think, should be really excited to get to him. But Jerry gets Rodgers and Cook to say, hey, I'm going to fucking contend now. You own the Packers. Weir owns the Ravens. Jerry now owns the Jets. Yeah, I mean, you meant I, I know Zane doesn't care about third round draft picks, but we should mention this is going to be an early third round draft pick. And with our split drafts, um, I think there is some appeal to having the first, second or third pick uh, with that, which is very likely where Zane's picks can end up being. Um, from my perspective, when I view this trade, I don't love it for Jerry just because it, it kind of reminds me of the Nick trade in the sense that I, I'm not sure I see a massive upgrade. Um, Rogers. I don't know. I, maybe I'm a hater, but I just I don't know if he's going to set the world on fire in New York like a lot of people are expecting. I think he'll be good, um, but I'm not sure if he's going to be that much better than Kenny Pickett or Brock Purdy from a fantasy perspective. And then Delvin Cook, I think he could be a solid one year guy. But after that, I don't know. Um, Watson in a second round pick and Dobbs, I mean, could potentially be something like I think those are pretty steep prices to pay for a rental. Um, and I know Jer has. You know, still has some solid wide receivers, but I would have really liked to keep Watson, um, and I might have explored elsewhere. So I really like this for Zane. Yeah, this uh, Watson was was there's not there weren't a whole lot of like people that I was targeting throughout this whole process, but Watson was one of them. So oh, okay. I was trying to give trying to offload Rogers because I thought it made sense on Jerry's roster. He's got two young guys, and if he can keep the young guys. And then use Rogers as kind of a, you know, bridge to get 
to two years from now, maybe that's helpful. And I was, I had sent over a bunch of offers, um, trying to get, um, basically surrounding Watson and Rogers. And then this came back and, uh, I took it because I, I, I ended up with my guy and, um, that was, that was good enough for me. Yeah. And I mean, I think at this point, when you look at your team, like clearly, I mean, you've only got one more trade after this, but now you're thinking, can I get the first overall pick somehow? Or like, how much can I keep like making my team like look awful to, um, you know, really improve your draft stock? Um, <laughs> it, it, it's funny how, you know, after the first trade, I was like, well, I could probably still make the playoffs. And then after the second, and third trade, I'm like, well, maybe I can get, you know, I'll probably end up with the fourth pick. And then after the, you know, after this trade, I'm like, well, shit, I can probably get to second or third. And then by the end of this, I'm like, all right, I got to trade both my quarterbacks because I got to try to get Caleb Williams. And Mm -hmm. um, it it escalated awfully quickly. Yeah, very, very good this week. Caleb Williams looked very good. Yeah, he did. Yes, yes. Um, All right, well, let's just jump into the next trade. And Zane, you're back at it. And this is kind of the one you alluded to with Armand. Uh, in this deal, Armand received Tyree Kill and Jarek McKinnon. And Zane, in return, you received two 2025 first-round draft picks. Uh, one of them is from Kevin, and the other one is from Adam. Dan, I know you have strong opinions on this trade, so why don't you start right away? I don't know if I fully understand why this happened. And we value first-round picks in this league in a couple different fashions, depending on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill was wide receiver two last year. I get that. Jarek McKinnon is not going to be a fucking factor in the Kansas City backfield. I think that was disagree. Just, you, oh, you really? Okay, please, please explain. Oh, he's, he's the, the PPR he's the only guy. pass catching guy. Yeah, yeah, he probably scores ten points a game. He's the only pass catching guy. Like I, Pacheco is not a pass catcher, and like Clyde Edwards-Helaire, really, he's going to be a thing. Like I'm not saying McKinnon's going to be like amazing, but like I think he's a, a pretty okay flex piece. But with Dobbins on his roster mm-hmm. and everything. He's just picked up Mostert. He's got Zach Moss, Elijah Mitchell, which I don't think Elijah Mitchell's any play in part of that. And then obviously we have Deion Jackson, who with the fact I, that, I just to, to clear it up, like I yeah. just threw in McKinnon, right? It, the, the whole trade was Hill for the two first. Yep. And uh, I th- I think that was a McKinnon wild was a throw in at this point to, to, to quite frankly have to get rid of points. Yeah, which would, and I respect that. I think this is a wild overpay for Tariq Hill. Two firsts. I get it. It's Hill. 29 years old, seven years in the league. Two first round draft picks for a wide receiver. I'm sorry. Like, I think, I, and again, I know I'm a hard person to trade with. I know I'm, I, I mean, you both can testify to that. I'm not the most responsive. I'm not most fucking um, agreeable person. Yep, you I, have your I, opinions and you stick with them. Correct. And I'm I, I'm unapologetically me. I think this is a fucking wild overpay. And saying congrats, you're fucking enjoying this. All right. So here's my thoughts. I think first round pick. Well, we've seen just in the dynasty community how much things have changed. And especially we've seen in this league. Like the first two years, people blew up their draft picks, you know, myself included, um, you know, moved things way too aggressively. And then I think we adjusted as it kind of coincided with how, like, we've seen, you know, quote unquote, dynasty experts and stuff and, you know, pushed like a more emphasis on, you know, younger players, but also just being smarter with your picks as much as you can. Um, So with all that said, I mean, I still think 
you know, there's probably 15 to 20 guys that aren't quarterbacks that are worth at least two first round draft picks. And I do think Tyree Kill is worth that with the assumption that you're competing. He's a 29 year old wide receiver. So, and he's been elite, you know, he's been in the league for seven years. And I think he's played in more than 12 games in like six of them. So five of those six years, he's finished like top five at wide receiver. Like he's hall of fame trajectory player. So he's fucking incredible. The only problem I have with this is for where Amon's team sit is just the running back situation. Uh, Dobbins, Deion Jackson, um, Jarek McKinnon, Raheem Mostert, Elijah Mitchell, like Kyron Williams, Chase Brown. Like, I'm not sure I see a running back core that's capable of getting to the playoffs. And if you're going to trade for someone like Tyree Kill, I think that has to be the expectations. Um, Because frankly, if we're being honest, I think by the time the 2025 draft pick draft class rolls around i think just one of these picks is going to be worth more than tyree kill let alone both of them so like you need to capitalize on like this two-year window so maybe armand's still working deals but as it sits right now i just it's a head scratcher to go all in for tyree kill when your roster isn't ready to do it now he still has two seconds next year he still has another first in 2025 and two seconds as well that year and then all future years 2026 so he's still got ammo to do it but as things stand right now, I'm just a little confused. I don't think it's a ridiculous overpay, um, but I don't think it's a move that makes sense for his roster. From Zane's perspective, I mean, Kevin's pick projects to be really early one. at this point. Yeah, yeah I, it's frankly, yeah. For, yeah, it's very, very likely to be one. And then from Adam's pick, you know, trade, or excuse me, Adam's pick, you know, we talked, you know, Zane, you talked about like your roster with like the, the wheels coming out at some point. I think Adam's roster clearly is at that point at some point. It might not happen this year. It might not happen next year, but it's going to happen if he keeps doubling down and trying to just put a Band-Aid over all these holes that he has. So who knows? Maybe that pick could be Goldmine, too. Like, he might, Zane might have just got, like, the 1.1 and the 1.4 or something, and then, like, this trade just looks really silly. Um, so, yeah, I, I like it more for the Zane, for Zane side, but I don't think it's as horrible of an overpay as you mentioned, Dan. Zane, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I would agree. I think Tyreek's worth firsts um it for me it helped that that was kevin's pick and that was what i thought was going to probably quite frankly if it's not one one it's because i'm one one and that's one two <laughs> yeah um but i don't know i mean he he was what the number five like overall dynasty cpr player last year like that's that's not just good wide receiver that's exceptional everything so if he can be Big that time. um and I th- I'm going to be a, you know, a bit of a homebody here because Armand's my brother-in-law, but um, Armand's like all running back away. From I agree. Ar- Armand's a team. Maybe I the, in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Armand's a team. Like if, if Jonathan Taylor was healthy, I, I not healthy just, on makes, a team that wanted to pay him. Right. But if Jonathan Taylor was healthy and playing like Armand's team makes so much sense for him to like, quote unquote, like mortgage his future and go for it. Because I 100% agree. He is a running back away from not just making the playoffs, but potentially winning it all. But like, I don't know. Can can he find that running back right now? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I think, you know, if you look at his wide receivers, they're pretty good. He's mm-hmm. moved Waller to kind of set this Tyreek trade up. He's got yeah. good quarterbacks. I think he's close. So I don't think it was, it's going to look like an overpay in two years. Right. Yes, and that's 100%. part of what I was doing this whole process, right, is, is 
I'm trying to acquire appreciating assets and getting rid of depreciating assets. Every yeah. trade that I made here is going to look good in two years. But um, can you do something? Can all the people that traded for these players, can they do something with those players over the next two years um, is the question. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when you make a big move like this, you got to like have like a vision and you got to be able to capitalize on your window, whether it is rebuilding, whether it is contending or whatever that situation is. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I, I don't think moves are done. We got two more to go through, but I, I feel like even before we get around to Thursday next week or this coming week um, that we might see a deal or two happen. So I don't know if it necessarily has to be. We're going to talk about this for a long time, but because there's five good teams on our side and not five good teams on the other side. Yeah. Um, it's going to be super unique because every one of the five of you is going to score probably every week top six points. Yep. And so it's going to be super tight as we get later in the season as to who, uh, like that playoff run is going to be really, really tight. So I would not be surprised if, you know, as teams fall out of it, if Armand is able to pick up the running backs are cheap anyways, if he can pick a running back up halfway through the season, um, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be dangerous. Yeah, I could definitely see that playing out for sure. And we obviously also have the, the unique fourth place or fourth team making the playoffs, depending on if the fourth place team is better than the, the first place team in the other division. So something maybe to monitor, who knows? Could oh, be I forgot about that. That's true. And Zane kind of potentially donating points in the other in this league helps everyone. So I don't know. Could be something fun to watch. Let's move on to the eighth trade. And Zane, this is your your last one. I don't know if you're done before the season starts, but Zane and Stefan got together on another deal. And in this one, Stefan received Tyler Lockett and Baker Mayfield. And Zane, in return, you received Rashad Bateman. Dan, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, I'll go right back to the fucking well. Zane picks up a young wide receiver, a couple years in, better on youth, obviously has some injury history, which prevented him from finishing last year. <clears throat> Put Stefan gets Baker Mayfield, and heaven forbid you fucking acquire Baker Mayfield feel your third starting quarterback. But that fills a, a void for, for Stefan. That's a big piece for him. Having just two starting QBs and now adding Baker, at least, if he can hold the job and not lose it to... Kyle Trask, right? Trask? Yeah. Yeah. Is a big piece there. But you also pick up a 30-year-old wide receiver that is with JSN and DK on the roster. He's a little questionable. Bateman, obviously, he's going to compete with OBJ and Zay Flowers. Um, so Zane gets a little bit crowded, but Zane gets youth, and I think that's the big piece to it. Um, kind of a win-win. For everybody, I don't. I don't. I think I like this better for Zane than I do Stefan, just because of the age and the fact that fucking Baker Mayfield. But I think getting Bateman and the youth is better for Zane than it buying a bigger upside in Lockett and a starting QB in Mayfield could be because Mayfield might not be the starter anywhere next year. Yeah. So I have a lot of thoughts. Um, for starters, I, I'm kind of surprised Mayfield is not on um, Adam's roster. Um, it he, he looks like a borderline throwing on this deal, and I know everyone's like shitting on him and the Bucks, and you know that's fine. But 
I feel like everyone did this a year ago with, you know, Geno Smith and the Seahawks. And I'm not saying Mayfield's going to light the world on fire, but like Mayfield could maybe be carried by Evans and Godwin um, and maybe be okay. Um, so the Lockett-Bateman part of it, I mean, Lockett is perennially underrated. He's, you know, you talk about like your list saying of like guys that are higher in redraft and lower in dynasty. Like Lockett has been on that list for like his entire yeah, career. Yeah, he's 50 points lower. <laughs> yeah, like he's always been, he's always been on that list for like the last like five yeah. years. Um, he's and every one very, of those very, five years, every one of those five years, he was a top 15 wide receiver. Yeah, he's always been amazing. I mean, you and I chatted a little bit on Lockett. Lockett was someone that I wanted to um, kind of fill in like for my last sort of like spot that I think I needed. Um, we couldn't get to agreement on it, but I, I think Lockett's awesome. I really, you know, I know he's 30 years old and I know, you know, JSN and uh, uh, DK Metcalf are there, but like, I don't know. Like, I think Lockett is just like, you know, fail proof. Like it doesn't matter like who he's with. Like he's just good enough to produce because he's a big play guy and he just consistently does it. Um, Bateman, I'm not the biggest fan of. I, I don't think he's really shown much um, in his first two years. He's been injured. Um, he just hasn't, you know, shown us like kind of dominance or like a stretch of like things to get excited about. But I know he's young and I know like I am high on this Ravens offense as a whole. So maybe he'll take a, ch- a step forward. But I just, you know, I worry about, you know, Mark Andrews being ahead of him. I, I have high expectations for Zay Flowers. Um, you know, is he maybe going to get lost in the shuffle? I, I think it. I, in a vacuum, Lockett for Bateman makes sense. You know, you trade in like the the youth, uh, quote unquote, Bateman uh, for that older, depreciating uh, guy in Lockett. So I, I don't mind it. Uh, the Mayfield thing, uh, maybe I'm just a little higher on him or I have a little bit more hope, but um, I, I slightly maybe prefer this for Stefan. Uh, but, you know, that's where I'm at. Zane, what do you think? Or what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I. You prefer I'm the okay. number one fan club for Tyler Lockett. I've had yeah. him on like every fantasy team I've ever been on. Um, yeah. He is, he's like, I don't know, he's one of my favorite NFL guys, but uh, he's a little bit older. He probably still produces for a couple of years. Um, I was trying to get his 26 first with this one. And again, I mentioned it earlier, but good for him for not giving it to me. Uh, I mentioned to you, Nick, that it would take a first, what, in 2025 to get Lockett. Yeah. And you wouldn't do that. And so then I imagine, okay, what's like, what's a late first in 25? And Bateman is third year. He's been hurt the first two years. Mm -hmm. He was a sub four, four speed guy coming out. He had a thousand yards in his last two seasons at, um, Minnesota. Minnesota and Lamar said this off season that he is the number one guy. Like that is our RB that is our wide receiver one. So okay. like that for me, that is like when I'm trying to acquire somebody, if I can get a guy who, you know, wide receivers typically take the leap in the third year, maybe this guy's healthy. Maybe he wasn't healthy the last couple of years, like reasons that are not necessarily his fault in a run heavy offense that is switching to a pass heavy offense. I thought this was, um, uh, I think Bateman, I'm, I feel like I'm planting a flag here for Christian Watson and Bateman, but, um, I think Bateman is 
I, I don't know. Again, you're, two years from now, Bateman is either out of the league or he's worth way the hell more than this. I took six shots over the last couple of days, and we'll see how many of the six end up playing out. That's fair. I mean, I think you raise a lot of compelling points. Um, I, I could be talking into it, or you kind of talked me into it, I think, by the end of it. Because, uh, I mean, like, is Bateman worth a late first in 25? I don't know. Again, would you rather have the boat or the mystery box? Like, I kind of think you'd rather have what you know here. And if it doesn't work out, well, whatever. There's a, you know, 25% chance that first round pick is going to be a bust anyway. So, yeah, I think for me, it's just, and it's kind of similar to Jameson Williams. Like, I, I don't think he's a boat right now. He's like a boat oh, without no, an yeah, engine. I, I understand. You yeah, know, he's, like, he's he, certainly not a boat. Yeah. Yeah. But. Like, he could be something, but I, I would still rather have a first round pick over him easily. Um, just because we see it time and time again, like Bateman was like last, I think he was actually a second round pick in our rookie drafts. Like guys like Bateman are always like a dime a dozen in rookie drafts. They're always going to be guys like him that are available. And then there's even with that said, most or not most of them, but a good chunk of them are actually going to hit right away in years one or two. Bateman hasn't done that. So that's my biggest apprehension with him. But to your credit, um, you know, the Ravens offense is going to change. Um, and he has had some stuff out of his control. So um, it wouldn't be far-fetched to see him just crush it this year. Dan, anything else before we move on to the last trade? No, let's get to the last one here. I'm good. Okay. All right. Uh, Steve and I got together on maybe a little bit of a surprise trade. I don't know. Um, in this deal, I received uh, Chris Olave. And in return, Steve received my first-round pick in 2024 my fourth round pick in 2024 my first round pick in 2025 my third pick round pick in 2025 and Tyrion davis price dan what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, this one kind of set me a little bit to the curiosity side okay and i mean olave obviously is a is a talent. Who so who played quarterback for the Saints last year? Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. And we all value Derek Carr more than Andy Dalton, correct? It's a fair assumption. Zane, you agree? Yeah. We watched Tyreek Hill go for two first round draft picks at 29 years old. And now Chris Olave at 23 is going for two first round draft picks. I I I, I it could be a mental set for me, but I have a hard time very hard time wrapping my head around two first round draft picks for a wide receiver where we have a very deep and talented wide receiver core in uh, amongst the league. Olave's 23 talented. I get all of that. A TDP I think is a bullshit piece in this. He's, he's it a, is. It was, yeah, the it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a bullshit piece. piece. Yeah. But two firsts, for Olave, and you obviously get the third and the fourth that plays in there. Nick, I don't, I get why you spent it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was worth it. He upgrades your roster one hundred percent, but I think having your first even late round, I think could hit on an Olave piece in each draft than they could for getting Olave. And again, it's the box, but two boxes over one. I just, I think Steve gets the bigger piece to this. 
Okay. Zane, what are your thoughts? I'm raising my hand here in the darkness to disagree with. Um, <laughs> I, everybody disagree everybody with fucking that. disagrees with me. Just go ahead. It's fucking. Man, just, I, you've both been reaction, on the same page all day against me. Let's just fucking go for it. <laughs> my first reaction when I saw this, I, I think I texted Steve right away. Uh, probably not a great first reaction to say out loud, but I was like, man, I would have given you more than that for, um, for a lot of it. Like it, he is 23. I forget what his ranking is. He's like ranked 30 and 20, 25 uh, in dynasty he and was 30 PPR and, 25 last year. Yeah. I don't know. I, he's 23 years old. Like I, I best case scenario you replace him with one of those over the next couple of years. Now, to Steve's credit, Olave somehow is al- his redraft ranking is almost as high as his dynasty ranking, which means in some aspect, he's actually kind of like fully valued for where he's going to play this year versus kind of where he is in the future. Now, he could end up being, you know, Justin Jefferson, but it's probably not going to happen he could take a step forward and be worth a lot more in the future, but he's kind of like Steve probably got a fair value for him. I just don't think you let players like this go for fair value. I think you have to overpay, like drastically overpay for people who are 23 and, and as high as he is. So um, if Tyreek went for two, then Olave should have gone for more than that. Should have gone for three would have been my, kind of way to think of it and it's just a different way of thinking like steve's got a lot more pieces to fill than i did i did it by acquiring the players not the picks necessarily he did it by acquiring as many picks as possible and it's just a different way to think of it but um i I don't think you give up a lot unless it's unless he's stolen from you dan were you gonna add something before i jump Uh, i mean i so my question was is like all right so tua versus car where do I think is the better QB in the in this current year? I think two is better than Carr, correct? Yeah, but I mean, it, does it really make sense to compare like one to one, like Alave to Tyreek? But when there's a we play seven year age gap. No, I'm not down to screen, but we play year by year. Olave could have a season or career ending injury, and we're fucking in the same boat where we're at. Well, we but play we, year to year, but we get our rosters. No, I, I, and I'm not disagreeing with that. It's I have a hard time saying uh, Olave obviously is worth I think more two first better than Tyreek. I'm just like that's where it is. But again, I have a hard time saying that two first for a position that I think is saturated. Yeah, is a harder spend. I'd rather spend two cube two first round draft picks on a QB than I would oh, on a wide receiver. For sure. But you're not getting a good QB in our league for just two first, like, cause they're not moved unless you're trading another quarterback for them or you're trading like a super duper star at like wide receiver, tight end or running back. Like I just look at all I, our like wide our quarterback trades. Like they're only getting moved like with another quarterback in it. It's really I, hard I, to acquire those guys. Oh, it, it is. And I will be the first person to admit I'm the, biggest stickler in first round draft picks outside of a fucking Noah fan trade that I fucked up on. But um I value the first round draft picks and the box, so to speak. Yeah. Versus trading the box for something that I've seen for a year or seven years to it. So it could it could be a 
personality yeah. flaw. I get that. No, no. I, but I think it's it's tough. Yeah. But I in this situation, fair. Dan, like Olave is actually a boat, right? This is not like oh, you know, oh, the guys I, that I had that are canoes. Like Olave is actually the boat in this boat mystery box example. And yeah, I just don't think he would. For me too, I also factor in the quarterback that has to get in the ball. Yeah, who's better than last year. Yes. And Olave was magnificent last year. Yep, and I think Carr is 100% an upgrade. But I also don't 100% trust Carr to bring out the best part of Olave. And that's simply because I consider Carr yeah, bottom have 15. Like, Olave doesn't have to be good for Steve for two more years, and he'll be 25 then, like, in his absolute prime. And he could have a, you know, new quarterback yep. at uh, that point. A little Sanders at that point in time. <laughs> yeah, I think for my side, like, uh, I'm with you, Dan. Like, I think first round pick picks should be incredibly valued. Um, and um, the only exception is I agree quarterbacks or like there's 15 to like maybe like 20 guys that aren't quarterbacks that I think are worth, you know, more than two, two or more draft picks. A lot of it, I think is worth it. Um, I think he's a young wide receiver that had a very, very, very strong um, rookie year. Um, I think, you know, it, it wasn't a Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, you know, rookie year, but it was still damn good. And like rookie or guys that have a rookie year that he had usually like continue to develop and turn into like a top 12 wide receiver. So that's what I'm expecting from Olave. And the way I see it is like worst case, I think, you know, I, I lose a first, but like. I just like a year from now, I think I would in a heartbeat turn my first into like a lave. Um, and then, you know, this is the second one, like whatever, because some of the I, I was talking to you, Zane, on, you know, Tyler Lockett. There were some other teams I was talking about for some veteran wide receivers and they all wanted first round picks. So like in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, if I got to trade a first round pick for, you know, Tyler Lockett, who I love, but is like 30 years old, like, why don't I just like pony up and pay right. for like a young guy that I could have for five plus years and you know i think can get to tyler lockett's level or some of like the other guys levels or may already be at their levels he's already so, above where tyler lockett's yeah. level has been his entire career like yeah yeah i so, i think this is uh i i don't know i if you ever want to trade chris olave for two first nikki let me know i'll, I'll give it to him <laughs> yeah and i think also for my team like once i you know acquired you know lamar jackson you know the calvin ridley like I'm not like all in all in because I still do have like some younger pieces, but like I'm in a competitive division. Like I don't think I can afford to wait till like October 3rd to make like a trade that I need to do. Like I think I need to like maximize having the players on my roster for like those games. So I think getting a lobby now like was, you know, just something I had to do. And it, it cost me first round picks, which I've really been against moving um, unless it's just for a guy that I think has you know, home run upside potential and perfect fit for my roster. And a lobby just checks all those boxes. Dan, any other final thoughts? No, I mean, I, I mean, your logic checks out. It's again, I just, it, this is where I think this podcast has depth and evolvement. Like I'm at this point in time, I'm feeling the fourth shot of vodka <laughs> at this point in time, but Zane, welcome to the fucking club. Um, I just, it, for me, I value the first a little bit more. And that's even in years to come where it's going to be a back half. It's going to be a back half, but you still have the ability to open the box and figure it out and 
ah, it's it's tough. I I don't fault you. I do not fault you. I don't what? applaud you either. Well, well, okay, hey, Dan. Like we can do this uh, live here on on the radio if you want. But like I'm a, I'm about to start sending you first round picks for like all your good young players. <laughs> oh, so hold on, let me. Hold on. DX. You don't you don't have very many of them, so I, this ends really really quickly. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it, it does. I got Alan Hall and Pittman, Richardson and Richardson. Hall and Richardson. I don't think Pittman in. gets. Them. You don't think Pitt, Pittman's three years in? You don't think Pittman's up? I got the Pittman Richardson stack Kevin right now, I, baby. Kevin and I had this argument earlier about Pittman versus Rashad Bateman, and I think. I, no, again, I don't. Think, okay, the quarterback. I think you'd rather have Rashad Bateman than you would Michael. No, I think I think if Richardson turns out to be the player that we've seen him to be, Pittman over Bateman, hundred percent. So Richardson is, uh, he's from my town now. He's from Gainesville, right? And that's yeah, where I Florida live. Florida guy. And, yep. uh, he he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn last year. Maybe he will be able to this year, but he's got a long way to go. Um, compared to what he was last year. He's a big, big, big dude at playing quarterback. Four, yeah, he's fucking yeah, huge. He is a he's not a Drew Brees at 5'10". Yeah. Right. But he's got a long way to go. But anyways, I'll give you a couple firsts for him if you want it. <laughs> Ooh, Pittman or Richardson? I'm confused. Well, whatever, yeah. Somebody roll the fucking Q credits. And let's All right, well, no. <laughs> actually, so let's move on. Uh, yeah. So we saw nine deals go down. Uh, three teams didn't get out in the action. And, like, Dan, I want to talk about something you said because – you, Adam, Sam, did not make a deal. And you mentioned, like, not moving, like, first-round draft picks. You know, you're someone that's looking to compete. Um, you know, last year was not great for you. And you're, you know, kind of looking to go for it. You know, was as much as information as you want to shed, like, why didn't you make a move? Do you think your team was good enough? Did you just not find the right fit? Um, what was kind of the mindset behind uh, no, no Dan trades uh, in these last three days? So obviously I said it was going to be super aggressive, right? Yeah. Yeah. We thought like, I think it was a couple um, of podcasts ago. You're like, yes, I'm going to make a deal. And you still have time, but. Yeah. So I, I think there's a, it's a, it's sevenfold for lack of a better term. I, okay. I, I, just bear with me. Just I'm, through, I'm already going. through the secondary. Keep it going. I, I'm not the easiest person to trade with. And I, yeah. so I don't think I'm easily approached to do it. Number two, okay. I have issues with responding to shit that gets sent to me. And it's because it's not in the primary form that I want it to be sent to me. Where do you um, want it sent? Let's get well, it. Yeah, I, can't. Text what, message. What, how, I want a text. Morse code? Like, what's the best way to communicate? No, text me. I like okay. I like text messages versus the fucking DMs through this shit from there. But I also think okay. that I do value first more than probably a lot of other people do. And... I think when it comes down to it, I'm I'm not in a bad spot. I think Stefan making moves fucks me a little bit. And kudos to Stefan for stepping up and saying, hey, I'm going to fucking go for it a little bit more than you are. I get that. But I, I don't think I'm in a bad spot. Yes, I'm rostering a QB that doesn't have a fucking team. Um, I've got a, cu- a couple other questionable roster spots. But I do value the fact that I can build for my future while maintaining youth on my roster. I think I think plays into it. I've I've done well, um, but I think that's kind of the big piece to it. Is I, I my reputation precedes myself, but I don't think it's 
I might not be the most approachable person. And I think that's why most shit went down without me. Did you? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start texting you, Dan. Yeah. Because I'm, yeah. I'm going to convince you here otherwise that I think your roster needs to. Uh, yeah, I think you kind of need to go. Over the two, six, two, keep, keep, four, keep nine, your... six, seven, yeah. nine, nine, four. I'm going to do it, man. <laughs> Identify yourself. I, well, th- I think you otherwise need I think to go you're in the next fucking other shit I signed up for. You got some, uh, you got some aged, aging players. You got some young guys, but I, I think you got to go. Diop was a tough move for me. Um, obviously, he'd be and kind of the back half of my stuff is there, but I still got Allen. I still got Richardson. It's tough, but I mean, I in at no point in time, and I'll, I'll put this out there. I did just check my DMs to make sure that I was fucking there. I didn't have a whole lot of within the last 72 hours additional like, hey, you want to get in on this kind of shit? But I again, I take ownership for that. I think it's me. Yeah. So so you you didn't seek anything out. I didn't either. seek anything, nor was I sought out. Okay. So, I mean, going into the season then, you're feeling good? Like, you're not worried about Stefan? You're not worried about Chris? I'm worried about, worried about Stefan. Adam. I'm not worried about Chris or Adam, no. I'm worried about Stefan. Okay. Week three for me and Stefan is going to be kind of the teeter of, hey, who's going to take full ownership for this division? But um, coming into week one, I feel the – the hall injury is going to be interesting, but I can flop that out. But I think the roster with Richardson and, and Allen being mobile, some of the other pieces that play into it, I think I'm going to be very much okay. Okay. Um, and then the two other teams were Sam and Adam and Sam's gold. I'll give well, Sam all the credit. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll start with Sam. I mean, so they both have kind of two interesting things, right? Like Sam is in like a really tough division, uh, but he had, you know, he's the champ. You know, he is a stacked roster. He's got um, pretty good depth options on his team. He's got all his future picks. Um, so I don't know if he necessarily needed to make a move. Um, I do know he was involved in some deals. I don't think he just got close enough to getting anything done um, or just couldn't find common ground. Um, and then from Adam's perspective, Adam's probably the one person that hasn't made a move that surprised me because um, his top six guys compete with anyone in the league. His bottom four guys are the worst in the league. Um, so when is he going to change that? Or is he going to change that? Um, it's just, it's something's not got to give. Because I, I think, like, I, I know, like, I think Dan and, you know, Nick, you guys both have, or Nick, you know, Ruth had him confidently in the playoffs. Like, I'm kind of worried about him. Like, if, if, especially if Chris's, you know, like, young team can be competitive, like, one injury or just one like couple like pulled hammy for Justin Jefferson. Like this is a rough spot to be in. Um, so I, I'm a little surprised Adam didn't get on the action. I think there's one piece on his roster that really like needs to happen. What's that? Derek Carr needs to go out and give Jameis Winston his time to shine. I think Winston's a great quarterback. <laughs> what? I, no, I think Jameis Winston is fucking way better than Derek Carr. This could be a hot take and we could go on this. Do you not think that? Well, the New Orleans Saints don't think it because they. Well, correct. You know, I get that, but fucking. I mean, I'm asking you guys. I think Winston fucking is better than Derek Carr. I think Winston's a better fantasy quarterback because he's just like got he's, he, you know he's a Cutler, you know, yeah. and 40, it's like 40, fuck 40 it, forty and forty or thirty and 30, thirty and thirty. Yeah. Um, but I mean, shit. That's I. I'd rather have a guy that wants to air it out, especially in a in the in the fact that like now he's tradable. He's got upside. I think I. Car needs to go out and Winston needs to, needs to get his shot. That's my fucking hot take on his team. Yeah. Well, 
Well, yeah, I think there's like probably 10 guys on his roster that he needs like the guy ahead of him to die for them to be relevant. Um, Zane, I don't, you know, I don't know how much you want to go into or anything, but like, you know, do any of these teams like get close with you on a deal or, um, you know, what are your thoughts with them kind of like sitting tight and, you know. Yeah, I probably talked to, I probably talked to Sam and Adam more than anybody actually. Oh, really? Okay. Were any of them close to anything? Uh, uh, maybe. Um, okay. I mean, I, I don't know that there was that. We were close on a couple things, but um, both of them, uh, to their credit, like didn't participate in the FOMO. And Sam and I talked about this. Like, Sam has low time preference, and so he was he wasn't buying into all the stories I was telling him. And like, I would, came after Jefferson and you know, tried to convince Adam of all the things that he had to do. And to his <laughs> credit, he was just like, no, man, I'm not, I'm not doing any of those things. And uh, so they were the ones like I had, the FOMO struck lots of people. Uh, it did not stroke, strike those two. And, and so they just kind of held pat whether or not it works out. I think it, I think Sam's fine. Um, and uh, maybe isn't, like in the matchup with Nick that probably happens six months from now, maybe isn't favored, but doesn't mean he can't like, you know, have a couple guys go off that week and win. Uh, Adam's got six really good players and is missing a couple, but he's got time. And on that side of the division, he could make a move, you know, eight weeks from now and still probably um, find a way into the playoffs if he needed to. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I wore those two, four guys out the last couple of days and uh yeah we just never got it done it was they were they were kind of in the areas that um that they were looking i was looking and we not you know found it in, in a different spot interesting um okay well we've been going for over an hour um as we wrap up i mean obviously zane you're out of the playoffs you know you're competing for 1.2 maybe 1.1 um you know hoping to get I don't know, Caleb Williams, obviously, or Marvin Harrison Jr., or Drake May, or someone else is the consolation prize. Um, but we saw a lot of other teams make moves. Is there any kind of playoff shakeups shake that you guys see, um, or how would you maybe handicap the field uh, to the best of your abilities right now? Dan, let's start with you. Um, I mean, Stefan, I think, obviously brings up the challenging point to me. Uh, mm-hmm. That it gets a little tough. I, I, I'll teeter. I'll flip the coin between us. I think it's a 50-50 between us. I think week three will define um, between me and Stefan. But I don't know if a whole lot of what has gone on changes what happens in my division specifically. Okay. And in the other division, Avengers? I mean, Zane's out, obviously. That's, yep. a, that's a big out. Jerry becomes contested. I think that's in – I think you can test Jerry for for that. Armand is on the back seat now um, with it, but um, I don't know if I, – I, I'll stay Pat in your division. I'll okay. stay Pat. I will I, – I respect the plays. I don't know if it's enough. Okay. Zane, uh, any thoughts from your end? Uh, I think Armand got better from, like, a contender standpoint. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you guys had him maybe last. I don't the rankings last week. I yes. think you had him yeah, last. 
He was last in the division. He's now he obviously jumps me, but I think he jumps Jerry. He again, he's a running back trade away from it being interesting. Now that Olave trade changes it. I think you. I don't want to say you needed that. You didn't need anything, but um, that puts you above him, okay. at least for now. But um, I thought he got better. But then, quite frankly, all four of you, all five of you, got better uh, over the course of the last few days. Uh, not necessarily better from like a dynasty standpoint, but better from a contender standpoint. Well, uh, Sam didn't, but Sam didn't do everybody else did. Uh, yeah. And Sam, because the other four of you prioritized contender, Sam's roster probably improved longer term um, over everybody. So, Having yeah, man, interesting last couple of days. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate y'all having me on here to talk about it. Oh, dude, this was a blast. We love having you on here, man. Yeah, it's awesome going inside your mind after, you know, you were the maestro of all these moves. Nine, <laughs> nine deals in three days. That's absurd, even for us. And I mean, well, I, I don't think I will have outside. I, Dan, I just shot you a trade uh, request here. I, I, I <laughs> want get, your first get a look at Shit, fuck. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me actually pull this up here. Right I want now. your first round picks the next two years, but um, I'm going to fucking get those. Jesus <laughs> Christ. No, I think, I mean, like, I am I'm outside of, like, a random, fuck out like, here, Dan, Let me gets, fucking just you know, presses the check. wrong button here on, on declining nope, this decline. trade. No. Um, I'm, I'm done for. Realistically, I've got a lot of first and 25. Uh-huh. I have no business making a trade for the next two years. So it was fun. Yeah. Three days worth, and now I can, uh, now I can rest. I love the Nick Ruth out and we bring some rep, somebody random in. I mean, between, I mean, I'd love to get Armand on here. I don't think he's been on here at all. Yeah. Um, Sam would be a fun one to see why he didn't get involved. Adam's going to be a fun piece to, to figure out there. I think just talking shit to Kevin would be fucking ideal for me. I don't think we would get through a podcast. No. Just you and him going back and forth. <laughs> and I mean, I fucking love Kevin to death, but yeah, no, this would be the uh, the piece to it. Steve would be a fun piece, but Steve sucks at fantasy. Um, <laughs> wow. I, just, I had to take a shot for somewhere. I mean, I want to go pour myself one more drink and put myself to bed, boys. So let's figure this shit out. All right. Well, it was a pleasure. Zane, I... I think I speak for everyone in the league when I appreciate you kind of kickstarting all this and bringing some excitement. Uh, and well, now you kickstarted it, Nick. Well, well true. You I, was, I was your snowflake, uh, and I appreciate that. I'll, I'm glad I could be your snowflake. Um, but you know, just because Zane's done doesn't mean you can't be. You guys can't be done. So let's see one more deal before the season begins. And on that note, thanks for listening to the Emergency Podcast. And until Aruga. next time, Aruga. Aruga. Dive, dive.